Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship. And today, uh, we're going on in our series on spiritual warfare. Inside your bulletin, you'll see an outline there, and it's entitled Our Spiritual Armor. We've mentioned several pieces of the armor before, but we're going to hit, we're going to go further into this. Uh, the Bible tells us that there is a, uh, we have an adversary, the devil, and who is, who is after us all the time. The good news is the Bible tells us there are ways we can protect ourselves. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? Yeah, I want to talk about some things we can do to protect ourselves when the devil comes after us with doubts and fear and all kinds of ways to tempt us to sin, to compromise ourselves, and to keep us uh, far away from God and his plan for our life. So i got some good news for you today, and um, you're going to want to take some notes on this. So let's have a word of prayer. We're going to jump right in. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. It reminds us of a spiritual conflict. It also reminds us that you have given us uh, ways to protect ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, we will listen, that you will speak, that you will move me out of the way. I pray these things in the wonderful name of Christ. Teach us whatever you want us to know today so we can stand firm against the devil and his schemes against us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, if you need a pen, raise your hand. One of the ushers will bring one to you. Uh, point A on your outline is simply this, that we're involved in a spiritual battle. That's what I mentioned a second ago. Ephesians 6.10, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. Okay, so I, this is about standing our ground. Here's the warning. I mentioned a second ago, the devil is always looking for his next opportunity. If you think that you are done with temptation, that you've overcome every bad habit in your life, enjoy those 15 minutes, okay? Enjoy them, because it's not true. The devil is coming after us. Uh, Peter says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Uh, we shared a few weeks ago when Jesus was tempted, the devil left him waiting for a more opportune time. He's always just waiting, waiting for an opportunity for me to let my guard down, waiting for me to be tired, cut off in traffic, so that um, he can tempt me to do all kinds of things. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Uh, He's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. And so this is universal. We're all going to be tempted to sin. We're all going to be tempted to doubt. We're all going to be tempted to be afraid and stay far from what God has planned for us over and over again. The good news is, is that even though there's an adversary in the world, uh, greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. And if that's good news, would you say amen? Yeah. So thankfully, God has given us spiritual armor so we can stand firm in our battles against the evil one. Ephesians 6, this is continuing on. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And so we've hit some of these pieces of equipment, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the belt of truth. We've hit those in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, but today, I want to talk about three pieces of equipment that we haven't spent much time on. I want to really uh, kind of break these out because I think there's some important things that we can understand. I want to talk about the helmet of salvation. I want to talk about um, the breastplate of righteousness. And I also want to talk about um, the shoes 
the, of the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. I want to talk about those three things, the helmet, the breastplate, and the shoes. And we're going to focus on those today. The big overarching theme of this whole little section, this paragraph here, is protection. How do I stand firm when the devil attacks? Well, first of all, I'm going to need that helmet of salvation to protect my mind. And this is terribly important. I put on the helmet of salvation to protect my mind. And so point one is we put on the helmet of salvation. If you just put it in the corner there, protect my mind. Because Paul talks about this also in 1 Thessalonians. He says, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. I mean, over and over again, this is one of the things the devil would love to do. He would love to tempt us with doubt and with fear. Did you really get saved? I mean, does God really love you? Here are a couple of bullet points. And first of all, I want to remind us of we can have confidence here. It gives us confidence because all who come to Christ are saved by grace. All who come to Christ are saved by grace. This is what the devil would love to confuse us about. God doesn't save you, didn't save you. God doesn't love you. You're a mess. You are so wicked. God will never forgive you. He might forgive other people, but you're worthless. Here's the good news. Listen to it. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. I come to Christ to get saved because I need saving. I come to Christ to have my sins forgiven because I'm a sinner. I come to Christ for a new life because my old life stinks. And God gives me all those things. Forgiveness of my sins, a brand new life, and right standing with him. Can I get an hallelujah for that one? Yeah. Yeah, he gives us a brand new life. And we need to be reminded of this. And this is what I need to protect my mind of is all these doubts from doubt. That's why I put on the helmet of salvation to remind myself of this. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God loves you. If you haven't heard that today, hear it now. God loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins, to give you eternal life. Forgive all your sins. And that brings us to the next point, the next bullet point. You flip your outline over. All who come to Christ have all of their sins forgiven and forgotten. And the devil would love to tell us, no, 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 you got a few of them. Or maybe he forgave some of those, but he forgave you the last time you did this. But if you're still struggling with any of these habits or other things, oh, yeah, you've, you've blown it all. You're done. You're toast. I'm just writing down some things here so we can understand this. I mean, Romans 3.22, and you understand then why it's so important to come back to the Bible. Because the Bible gives us confidence. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares we are righteous. I mean, that means all our sins have to be forgiven. If he has declared this, he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from, our, from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his sin, shedding his blood. Okay, we now have right standing, Okay. We have changed. The helmet of salvation reminds me that my position has changed. My position is I am born again. And I need to embrace this. I've got a brand new position. 
I'm adopted into God's family. I am the bride of Christ. Paul talks about all kinds of analogies on this. We hit this a few weeks ago in our identity series, but I want to come back to this again. We have to understand that our position has changed. Because when we still struggle dealing with as we mature and grow in our faith and we're dealing with old habits and things, the devil will say, well, you must not have been saved because you're still dealing with this. We go, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm born again. That's my position. We'll talk about the brush for the righteousness, which has to do with our condition. That's coming up. Okay? And we're working on that. But the devil would love to confuse us on this, and that's why I need a helmet on to protect my mind. And so do you. Don't let those mind games work on you. All who come to Christ need never fear dying. I mean, I'm adopted into Christ's family. He's taking me home when I die. You'd be amazed. I mean, I'm just addressing three issues. and I could have said a whole message just on this helmet of salvation, how many things we get wrong all the time. But these are three that I hear all the time that I'm not good enough. Jesus didn't really die for all my sins. And I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I mean, I deal with that all the time here. People who surrender their lives to Christ, they go, well, I hope I did enough to go to heaven. I go, wait a minute. You didn't do near enough. You're a filthy, rotten sinner that should have gone to hell. And they go, well, thanks. I'm feeling better now. And I go, no, you should feel a lot better. We're all a bunch of filthy, rotten sinners who deserve to be punished. But the good news is Jesus died on the cross for filthy, rotten sinners. Yeah, he took my place. He died so I could live. He paid the penalty I can't pay, a penalty I should have had to pay. And that's why I'm not afraid of my eternal destiny. That was settled when I came to Christ and when he adopted me into his family. And if you want God's word on it, 1 John 5, 11, listen to this. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son, not in John Schmidt's performance. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know today, right now. Come to Jesus. Surrender your life to him. You can have all your sins forgiven, an act of grace, and you don't ever have to be afraid of dying because we have God's word on it, and his promise is sure and certain. My goodness, we doubt things. This is why we need to have this settled. We need the helmet of salvation on. Because if the devil can't keep us from coming to Christ, he sure wants to keep us as infants in Christ. And constantly going over the salvation thing over and over again. We do baptism classes here at Centerpoint, and that's why we do. Because I've met people that have been baptized seven, eight, nine times. I'm not making this up. Every time they struggle with a sin or do other things, i got to get baptized again. I guess the last time it didn't take. You know, they got sprinkled, dunked, and poured every means. I'm going to shove them through a car wash the next time, okay? Whatever. (laughs) Here, extra soap. I mean, do you understand? This means, this is why we need this helmet on of salvation. You come to Christ for salvation. He's the source of salvation. I can't earn it. It's a free gift. I don't have to worry about earning my way to heaven. I didn't earn any of it. But John, isn't it important we live righteous lives? Yes. Thank you for the perfect segue. Point two, we must also, after the helmet of salvation, we also must put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay? And what this is dealing with here, this is to protect my heart.
So I put on a helmet of salvation to protect my mind. You can write in the margin here, I do this to protect my heart. Righteousness is right living, integrity in one's lifestyle and character. Yes, I pursue those things because they protect me. Here's how, three ways. Righteousness protects the devil from gaining a foothold in my life. Since you've heard about Jesus, you've learned the truth that comes from him. Paul said you've given your life to him, to the people in Ephesus. Uh, Then throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for the anger gives the devil a foothold to the devil. The whole idea of this protects us. We get protected from doubt and fear with the helmet of salvation. We get protected from sin and temptation. If we practice, if we put on the breastplate of righteousness, if we pursue righteousness. Now look, I don't have a big Roman soldier get up with a helmet and a breastplate and all this. But I did borrow from Skip Talmage, one of the police officers that helps us out here in Prattville. On Sunday morning, he's a Prattville police officer. This is his uh, Kevlar vest. Um, Some of you know that a week or 10 days ago, one of the police officers here in Prattville was actually shot at close range wearing one of these vests, and the vest stopped the bullet. Skip said it hit him right here, right in the middle of the chest. More than likely would have killed him. But Kevlar... Uh, DuPont makes this stuff. It is a plastic, it's a polymer that has these incredible, um, the molecules are bonded together in an incredible way, so it takes a massive amount of energy to get them uh, separated. So if a bullet hits this, even though there's a lot of energy uh, generated by that impact on your body, the, the bonds keep it from penetrating. So the bullet was stopped. Now, apparently he had a big bruise. The bullet never went through. Saved his life. Well, the idea of a Kevlar vest is exactly the same as a breastplate that a Roman soldier would have worn, would have protected from spears and arrows. Well, you understand, if I pursue righteousness, this protects me from sin and temptation. The devil can't get a foothold. I mean, if I pursue righteousness and I go and, for instance, I don't let the sun go down while I'm angry, and I go and tell my wife, hey, come on, admit I was right, get over it. No, that's not what it's talking about. That's wrong. Okay. But if I go and I make things right with my spouse, if I think she has something against me or with a friend, well, then I'm not stewing on it all night. I'm not talking about it in the shower, and I'm not all upset, giving the devil a chance to really get in my mind and sink his claws in. But you understand, I have to put on the helmet of salvation. I have to put on righteousness every day. This vest does no good sitting in the police officer's car. And I'm glad Officer Talmadge just gave me his vest. Don't. Go after him right now. Okay, I've got his vest on. Okay. But, but the idea here is I'm wearing this. And if I'm wearing this, police officers wear this so that, that no matter where they are, if somebody pulled a knife, it's the same way. Their organs are protected. I told this to my kids. Guys, if you pursue righteousness when they're in high school, think of the protection that comes. When they choose righteousness, they weren't even at the party where the drugs or the alcohol might have been and other kids were arrested. They weren't even there. They were protected, and the devil didn't have a chance to get to them. It's like wearing armor. 
when I settle accounts shortly, when I forgive people, the devil can't get at me with bitterness and a grudge. I'm protected. Here's how also it helps. Righteousness gives us boldness and confidence. Deacons must be uh, reverent. Talking about uh, deacons in the church, ministry leaders. When they're reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience, in other words, pursuing righteousness here, that's pretty clear there, for those who have served well as deacons doing this, they obtain for themselves a good standing, and listen to this, and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Great thing about Kevlar is, did a little research on this, it's five and a half times stronger than steel. So, this is maybe a, let's just, this isn't an inch, it's probably half an inch of Kevlar here, but let's say it was an inch of Kevlar, well, to get the same equivalent, it'd have to be six inches of steel, a six-inch steel plate on the front and on the back. You put that on a police officer, how are you going to run down anybody? We're in a potbelly stove, okay? I mean, that's outrageous. And that's what's so great about it. It's flexible, and it's light enough, they can still move, but it still has the same protection of steel. Why is that important? Because an officer wearing this can be bold. He can walk into a, a dangerous situation confident that he's protected. If I've pursued righteousness, then even if there are arrows coming at me, and even if I'm in a contentious situation, I can be bold and I can go, it's like Daniel, they couldn't find anything to attack him with. I haven't left myself open for that. I'm protected by pursuing righteousness. Thirdly, Righteousness, pursuing righteousness protects me from being disqualified. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. If I'm pursuing righteousness, I'm not vulnerable for attack. I can't be, I won't be disqualified. And I'm ready when the attacks of the devil come. But i got to choose this. This is so important. See, this has everything to do with my condition. I'm growing up. Now, I always want to clarify this and write this out because people a lot of times say, well, you know, if I believe in grace, well, then I don't have to worry about righteousness and pursuing righteousness. Of course you do. We're saved by grace so we can be born again. We pursue righteousness so we can grow up. There's no inconsistency. When a baby's born, I'm glad the baby's in the world. Now I want him to grow up. There's no contradiction. It's all part of the same developmental process. It's different steps. Pursuing righteousness helps us grow up. It protects us while we grow up. If the devil can't keep us from being born again, he certainly doesn't want us to grow up. He wants us to be compromised. He wants us to be disqualified. He wants us to be timid. And he wants a foothold in our life to just, just wreak havoc. Oh, my goodness. I know people who pray for all kinds of opportunities to witness, all kinds of opportunities to be a strong Christian, for God to reveal stuff. And they're not even pursuing righteousness in their lives. There's no protection on it. The vest is laying in the car, and they're wide open for attack. We've got to remember, Paul says, hey, you got there's a roaring lion. Peter says there's a roaring lion around. Paul says, hey, yeah, that's true. Don't, you better wear the 
the best. Now, here's what also is good news here. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power to pursue righteousness. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power to pursue righteousness. Holy Spirit gives us power. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power. Jesus is the one who saves us. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the desire and the power. All we have to do is yield to him. I mean, when I asked Skip today, they said the police department issued them this vest so they can do their job. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you the power and the desire if we surrender our lives to him. God, I want to be like you. Thank you for saving me. Help me grow up. You adopted me into your family. Now help me grow up. I want to be like dad. I want to be like you. Father. Give me the desire to follow you. The power to say no to those things. The power so I'm to do the right thing. So I speak the truth, not lies. So I don't let unresolved conflict fester. God will do it. And this is good news. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Mm. These are wonderful promises. Now, thirdly, there's one other piece of equipment here. You and I need to put on the shoes of readiness that comes from the gospel. These are shoes of readiness. Remember, we're talking about protection from the evil one. We need to protect our minds. It's like a helmet. It's like putting on a helmet. We need to protect our hearts. We need to pursue righteousness. Well, this is about keeping your footing. Now, the devil would love to knock our feet out from under us. If he can't keep us uh, from being born again, and then he wants to keep us from growing up, this protects my fear. Well, I mean, and then he also wants to compromise our witness. So this, this one, the helmet protects my mind. The breastplate protects my heart. The shoes Protect my witness. When they talked about the, the gospel shoes there, the shoes of readiness comes from the gospel of peace. Apparently Roman soldiers, they would drive hobnails through their, uh, the soles of their sandals. So it'd be like what we call cleats. So you're not going to slip and fall on your face. And again, so if I'm born again and I'm uh, growing up, well, this is about going out into battle. At least I want to make sure that you don't go tell anybody. So there's two things I want to hit here. First of all, we need to be ready. This is readiness. We need to be ready to live out my faith in Christ. If I've been pursuing righteousness, if I'm confident that God has saved me, well, then I need to let the peace of God that comes from Christ, Paul said, let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Do I let the peace of God rule in my heart? Am I willing to say, God, I'm going to trust you. You're the one who saved me. You're the one working in me to complete whatever you want to do with me. And so, God, I'm not going to worry about the future and be afraid. Man, when I first became a a Christian when I surrendered my heart to Christ in college. It was such a powerful witness to meet people who had surrendered their lives to Christ. They weren't worried about the future. They weren't worried about their dating relationships. They weren't worried about anything. They had peace. I mean, it was the most attractive thing. And people will come to Christ. You talk about your witness. When people see 
us pursuing righteousness with peace, even though we're missing out on some of the fun, quote unquote, the culture says we need to have, hey, I'm not worried about that. I'm pursuing Jesus. Well, then people go, what's with you? When I'm not worried about dying and everybody else is, no, I settled that a long time ago. I've got a peace that passes all understanding. What's with you? We need to live it out. And the second point is um, we need to be ready to share our faith with Christ. We need to live out our faith in Christ and share our faith in Christ. Because God wants us to be useful and effective. We're born again. We're growing up. And he wants us to be going out. Peter said this, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of your slander. This is putting all of it back together again. I mean, if I have not been pursuing righteousness, I'm disqualified. The devil's cut my feet out right, up, right from under me. I got nothing. I got nothing to say. If I'm not sure of my own salvation, what am I going to tell you about yours? If I'm afraid of dying, why are you going to have confidence? And this is why we need to live it out and be ready to share our faith. Every time we share our faith, by the way, every time, this is how this all fits together. It's amazing how much I learn when I share these sermons. I mean, even as I'm sharing these things with you, there are many times I come home, my wife goes, yeah, were you listening to point three that you said over there? Because that would apply to you and me too. And usually she just does the part where it applies to me. But anyway, the whole thing is, this applies to you too. And I go, I know. Because as I'm teaching things to you, then all of a sudden God makes them clear to me in a brand new way. Here's what will happen to you and me. When we go out and share our faith and explain why we believe and give a reason for the hope we have, Man, that gives us confidence. I mean, up here, if I wear the helmet of salvation, I have confidence. If I have got my heart protected, oh my goodness, I have all kinds of boldness. If I have the shoes of of readiness on, I have effectiveness. And you can understand then that these are the last things that the devil wants me to have. Peace, confidence, boldness. And that's why we've got to choose to put them on. So what's it going to be today? Am I just going to ignore all this? Or am I going to put on the helmet of salvation? Am I going to meditate on God's word and what it really says and apply it to my life? Am I going to pursue righteousness and protect my heart? And I'm going to put on the gospel shoes of readiness with the gospel so that, so that I can present confidently reasons for the hope that I have and let the peace of God shine out through my heart. Paul says, if you do this, well, how did he put it? He said it this way. If you do these things, you'll be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. Man, I want that for us today. The temptations are going to come, but I want us to stand confident that Jesus saved us, confident that we're pursuing righteousness. We haven't left ourselves open to attack, ready to go out and go wherever God wants us to go. That's what God wants for all of us.
Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I just thank you for this little analogy that Paul gave us. God, I thank you that there are things we can do when the attacks come. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of the truths of the gospel and that we would put on the helmet of salvation, that you would protect our our minds from the doubts and fears of the evil one, that we could settle that once and for all and be done. I pray also then we would grow up and we would pursue righteousness and not leave ourselves open to the attacks of the devil. And finally, Father, I pray that we would live out our faith and share our faith in meaningful ways. And the devil wouldn't keep us as children. Oh God, we want to be effective for you, useful for you, all that you meant for us to be. Make these things clearer to our minds, in our minds. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.